there is no single leader, right? Every leader is standing on the shoulder of giants, um, their family, their mentors, their community, their former uh, bosses, et cetera, even the people that are working with them. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Twins Talk It Up is focused on the areas of communication and leadership. According to U.S. business formation statistics, in 2022 alone, there were 5.07 million businesses started. About 62% of Gen Zers have started their own business or plan to start their own business. Gen Z is truthfully our next wave of innovative leaders and entrepreneurs. They're passionate, they're curious, and they deploy creative forces to find innovative solutions to challenges that we might see today. What inspires me personally is seeing the way they attack the challenges that are there before them. I love their leadership. I love their curious minds. And our next guest is going to share that with you as well. He comes by way of at Meetup and DSB Leadership Group supporting Southern Methodist University. And we want to congratulate him on winning the SMU Startup Launch Competition and, and literally becoming what they call the Linda Mitch Hart Innovation Entrepreneurship Award recipient. I want to welcome Raleigh Dewan. He's a recent graduate of SMU. He's majored in business and creative writing. He's not your typical college graduate. He has even greater goals, greater aspirations, and you're going to hear about his story today. Raleigh is the founder and managing partner of NB Group, which includes social impact companies such as Steady Spoon, a self-stabilizing assistive eating device for people suffering with debilitating hand tremors. And he's the founder of the Sister Shack Tea Company, a socially conscious tea company fighting human trafficking in local communities. He's the 2019 Coca-Cola Scholar, Dallas Business Journal 25 Under 25, and the 2022 Texas Business Hall of Fame Future Business Legend. Did I also mention that he served as the 2019 Meadows Museum Poet Laureate? He's from Austin, Texas, my brother's home city. Raleigh, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, guys. Raleigh, we're thrilled to have you on the program today. Your passion and to make a difference is real. I love this. I fell in love with your story, fell in love with the passion you have for the things you're doing. It's truly inspiring. Starting off, tell us who Raleigh is and tell us about your leadership journey. Yeah, well, that's, that's the essential question, right? Who am I? And uh, after just going through college, I think I've gotten a little bit of a better idea about that. But it's been interesting in going through these big life moments, these goalposts, whether it's you know high school, college, and your family is there, and it's a time of reflection, reminiscence, and so, and just graduating, my parents and everybody were talking about, oh, we remember when you were in high school, or you were in elementary, and you did this, or 
when you started your first you know, lemonade stand or when I, uh, uh, I loved shoes. So I had a, a shoe reselling business, Superfly Kicks. And I would, you know, go on eBay, buy low, sell high, you know, the game. And they're just seeing in some ways how I've developed, but in a lot of ways, how that plumb line has stayed there since the beginning. And now it's just become fully manifested to a degree. And so for me, growing up in a wonderful home in Austin, Texas, youngest of three brothers, getting to benefit from them. And I always say, whether it's at, you know, different competitions or panels that I'm on or just in talks with people, that there is no single leader, right? Every leader is standing on the shoulder of giants, um, their family, their mentors, their community, their former uh, bosses, et cetera, even the people that are working with them. And so for me, being able to benefit from all my incredible family members who are amazing leaders and of themselves and being uh, pushed to lead myself, not necessarily in the same areas, but in the areas that I wanted to do. So now I was playing basketball. It was really, how can you be a leader on the basketball court? When I was started off and I wasn't that good and probably could just give some good defense to a few years later when I could actually score some points and do things, how could I lead the varsity basketball team, et cetera. And I think now when I look at my leadership journey, it's being able to see how can I manifest an impact. And I think one of the, the real things that I'm excited about with Gen Z that I'm seeing in, in our leadership styles of generation is not just focused on you know, results or how can I get to the top of the corporate ladder or insert whatever kind of hierarchical game here. They are really focused on themselves and their communities and the things that really drive them. And so for me, my leadership has really come out of a place of how can I adapt to fit whatever the problem I'm trying to solve is. So how that um, manifests itself when I'm going and talking to human trafficking charities is very different than how I'm going and talking to medical device manufacturers, right? But being able to take all these different aspects of myself as a business person, as an engineer, as a writer, as a storyteller, being able to bring the best version of yourself authentically to that specific situation, to give it what it really needs to achieve those impact goals is what I have really been trying to focus on in my leadership style and developing that over the past few years. This is Danny, and that's so fascinating. First of all, Dave and I are uh, household brothers as well. There's four boys, no girls. And we always tell my mother she was blessed. <laughs> four boys. But uh, that's awesome. We have to talk about that and also uh, what part of Austin you grew, grew up in. But, yeah. you know, what, what is interesting is all these endeavors and, and everything that's going on. And to let our audience know, look, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you want to be a individual or corporation, if you want to make an impact in this world, it does not matter what age you are. And we're going to find a little bit more about Raleigh and his background, but just the first few moments of him speaking, you can tell the, the type of mindset he has. It's the mindset that you must have in order to make an impact. And he has that mindset. Let's talk a little bit about your creative endeavors. And I think this is uh, really cool because you uh, started with something called Sister Shack Tea. And I think our audience needs to understand what inspired this and how many times have you been asked by uh, NBA players, by other people, but how many times have you been asked by NBA Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, was he a part of this? Uh, tell us a little bit more about it because it's very fascinating. Sure. So in, in high school, we had these, um, you know, homecoming weeks where you'd have different days and they had different themes, nerds versus jocks, Harry Potter, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. 
and there was one day that was like uh, my hero. And I guess you could dress up as whatever your hero was. And I'm very forgetful. If it's not in my calendar, I'm, I'm not going to do it or remember it. And so I had forgotten a costume that morning, but uh, I went to school in my friends and homeroom. One of them was a young entrepreneur. So he had gone to Party City that morning and he had bought a few costumes for the uh, schmucks like me had forgotten their costumes. And, uh, you know, he was selling them at an upcharge that I think the SEC should investigate. <laughs> but uh, he had a cop, a firefighter and a nun. And I had quite the potty mouth my freshman year. And I went to this classical Christian school. So I thought a cross-dressing cussy nun at a classical Christian school. Now that just sounds like fun. And so I, I donned the habit walked out into the hallways, you know, people started thinking, climb every mountain, Mud Maria, this and that. And uh, somehow the name Sister Shaquandra was kind of given to this, to this character that emerged. And uh, this is back when the Dos Equis campaign, the most interesting man in the world was still going around. In my mind, the best advertising campaign ever. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, why not the most interesting nun in the world? International nun of mystery, the true 007, you know, best friends of the Pope, goes to Monte Carlo on the weekends, doesn't gamble, just there to catch a straight center or two. And uh, so I kind of made this character even, even more uh, bombastic and even more otherworldly and uh, became the spiritual advisor to the school. I spoke at all the chapels in the habit. I did nonprofit work. Kids started calling me Sister Shack in the hallways, both in the uh, under school and in the high school. And uh, I made this Instagram account for her and would make posts as, as if I was her in this voice. And people started asking me fairly serious questions about faith, spirituality, uh, life. And I'm like, y'all, y'all know this is just me in a habit. This is, this is like Tyler Perry in Medea. This is, this is the exact same thing. Um, but people really liked the character. And I felt as though this was an opportunity. And so at that point in time, I was getting really interested into writing. Um, and I began to write a novel about Sister Shack, an origin story, so to speak. So I wrote a novel about Sister Shack helping the CIA take down a uh, international trafficking ring and had that published. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then a little while later, a friend of mine, it's about 2015, a friend of mine was a victim of human trafficking. And it just really um, shocked me because, you know, back at that time, there really wasn't a lot of social consciousness about human trafficking, especially domestic human trafficking. And so I was, I was just honestly so, so shocked. And so I thought, wow, this is a much bigger problem than I first realized as I began to learn more and do the research. And like I said, I'm from Austin. And so I went down to the Capitol building and began to hear from prosecutors. And you, know, you hear these horror stories of 13-year-old girls handcuffed to beds, and that's not happening in a war-torn country somewhere across the world. That's happening down the street in Austin, Texas, um, but nobody was talking about it. And so I thought, well, I have to do more uh, than play this kind of uh, dress up character. And so my father's Indian. My mom is a Southern belle from Arkansas. So I always had tea and hard love on both sides, I like to say. And so for me, I saw an opportunity to combine a, a passion uh, and tea with a purpose in fighting human trafficking. And so I started the Sister Shack Tea Company. The you know, slogan's make it a habit, confession-worthy beverages. We have our Holy Trinity, a loose-leaf collection of Solomon's Secret, Madagascar Messiah, Righteous Riesling, all sacrilegiously sweet. And uh, with all of the bags and products and candles, et cetera, uh, there's a QR code. And consumers are able to scan that 
and then it takes them to uh, our website where they're able to see the different local human trafficking charities in their community. Some do more lobbying, some do more rehabilitation, some focus on a specific demographic like child trafficking victims. And then they're able to be connected to the reality of that in their community, but also the solution, people who are fighting for change, and then they're able to choose which organization receives the portion of the proceeds from their purchase. And so they now become an active member in the fight against human trafficking. They join our congregation, as we like to say. And, uh, and that's been a fantastic journey so far, being able to help people lead healthier, uh, delicious lifestyles that also can result in an impact. And I know a lot of people want to make those choices that are socially conscious, that are driving something bigger, but it can be difficult with problems that are so complex and in some cases intractable, like human trafficking or, or climate change. How do I as a consumer really do anything on such a big scale? But being able to give somebody a choice where something as small as their daily habitual cup or beverage is able to contribute to something bigger is what I really believe um, Gen Z is moving towards. So that we understand we can't fix all these massive things instantly, but it's these small steps, these small things that eventually, when we all do them, begin to add up. Um, and so in terms of the shack point, I remember when we were actually filing for the trademarks and everything my, my freshman year of college, and, and we had gotten a, a, a cease and desist from, from Shaquille O'Neal as lawyers, at least uh, over the name, right? And uh, it was just hilarious. I'm a big basketball player, so part of me was, oh my, this is incredible, Dad. I'm getting... I'm getting like, you know, sued kind of uh, by, by Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm in a legal battle with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, God, this is scary. <laughs> um, who's going to pay for this, right? And uh, it's been an amazing thing. And, you know, uh, Shaq is a fantastic guy. He is amazing. We all know this. And this is really just lawyers, right? Lawyers doing lawyer things and, and, and them protecting uh, his brand as they're paid yeah. and, and should do. And so uh, we're, we're in the process of, of trying to figure out a settlement that makes both sides happy. And, uh, but definitely it's been an incredible journey. Something that when I started this, I never thought it would have gotten this far um, or kind of transformed into this, or, you know, I was like the tea guy at SMU um, and people at my high school still dress up as Sister Shaq sometimes. So that to me was like, there's a legacy. I'm not sure yeah. if it's a good legacy, but it's something. <laughs> no, that's awesome. This is David Raleigh and I, and I appreciate this story and the backing. I would just say, Shaq, look, you own every business in America. Get, here's a 5% stake. Let's move on and let's build, each, let's build the business together. But what I love about it, Raleigh, is you took a costume. You transformed this costume into a mission. And this mission is partnering with not only organizations, charities, but with just people that say, look, we don't just love tea. We, we really want to love the fact that we can make a difference in other people's lives. Let's fight against human trafficking. Let's become a part of the congregation. Let's go ahead and start buying the Holy Trinity, right? I love that. And, and by the way, you got to go to his website, everyone. You're going to love that. You're going to see that. You're going to see the packages already prepared to do that. And, and so to think that when you drink this tea, you are making a difference in the lives of other people, giving hope to families that may not have that. I want to ask you about your, your other venture, your other company, uh, Steady Spoon. Can you give us a little background to this vision that you have, the work you're doing to not only create and craft something, a set of utensils that can support families, 
but that you're now approaching different manufacturers, you're, you're approaching different organizations to say, hey, this is going to make a difference in the, the lives of these families. Tell us about Steady Spoon. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. So, to kind of give background, my oldest brother was a filmmaker. And so I got to grow up on his film set, which was kind of a, a perfect playground for a young ADD boy. Um, and as any young boy will tell you, uh, the best days on set are the action scene days because things go boom. And they would use these uh, incredible steady cam mounts to stabilize the cameras as they swung them across the sets to capture all the dynamics. And I was just fascinated as a young boy about 
how is this stabilizing? How is the shot steady? Because when I walk with my phone, it's like a San Andreas earthquake. It's so shaky, right? And then uh, my grandmother developed Parkinson's and she was a Southern belle. And so food was everything to her and to our family. And these meal times are some of the best memories that I have and things that really brought our family together. And, and, and that's not unique. That's, I mean, every culture, almost every family, right? It's a big part. And so when her Parkinson's began to develop, she began to experience these debilitating, you know, hand tremors that were so severe, she couldn't cook anymore. She couldn't feed herself. And then she was, of course, a, a, a very dignified woman. And so she was too embarrassed to eat with us, even her own family, because she would spill. And so, you know, when I saw that, I just began to think, well, how could I help, right? As y'all get it, as the youngest of three, I thought, how could I be the best grandson? You know, how could I be the favorite? And so I thought, well, if I could devise something that could help her. And I began to think, and, you know, I'm a writer. One of my favorite uh, writers is Emerson. And one of my favorite quips of his is just connect just connect. And so I thought, how can I connect the experiences I've had growing up, seeing the Steadicam technology from my brother's film sets? If it's good enough for Hollywood, it's good enough for grandma. And so my freshman year in college, I began to do more research and I tried to uh, start prototyping that device and did some market research and found that there were some uh, utensils, but uh, a lot of them were really ineffective. And then the motorized ones that were pretty effective were also fairly expensive and didn't have the best efficacy for all kinds of trimmers. For, for instance, my grandma's complex Parkinson's trimmer. And then just wasn't really designed for an elderly population as well in terms of the actual user experience and, and design aspects. And so I began that my freshman year. And um, now, nearly four years later, we've gone through five different prototypes. We've worked with hundreds of, of patients when it comes to de designing our device, understanding their pain points, not just on a product level, but on an emotional level mm -hmm. of how does it make you feel when you can't eat in front of other people? Or what is that process when you have kind of, you know, a variable tremor that gets better and worse for the course of the day, or maybe you start eating, but halfway through, you can't finish your super salad. And then you feel like it's awkward at the table. And so now we've gone through these different prototypes. We've done now, there will be three rounds of human trials in a few weeks, have one more lined up. And we've achieved 95% efficacy of the leading motorized device while being entirely mechanical and less than half the price. And now we're the only device on the market that has triaxial stabilization. So we're actually able to stabilize each axis of motion, X, Y, Z, or pitch, roll, and yaw in one device. Um, which now even the most complex trimmers can be helped with uh, the steady spoon. And uh, it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, we're now creating these different uh, product attachment heads. So not just a spoon, but a fork, a knife, even working on a, a scribe attachment. My grandmother loved to, to write letters, but towards the end, you know, she really couldn't write because the trimmers would prevent her from making anything legible. So in trying to create the steady spoon, it was really trying to create something that can empower these people with debilitating hand tremors and to restore the agency and autonomy and dignity that their disease has stolen from them. And so it's been an incredible journey thus far with Steady Spoon going from, you know, an idea to these functioning prototypes to now having 
100 beta testers uh, across the US and Canada, being featured on Fox News, NBC, 20 different journals in four different languages, and being able to partner with different Parkinson's charities, winning these different international pitch competitions. Uh, it's been great. And I think what really is really is impactful to me because this didn't start as a I have a business idea. It was how can I help my grandma? My target, my target customer, my target market, one person. And so being able to go from that to seeing and learning how many families this really does impact. Nearly 17 million people in the US with debilitating hand tremors, whether from Parkinson's, essential tremors, TBI, stroke, MS. There are tons of different diseases, tons of different conditions. I get a few applications each day and I'm learning more and more things, whether it's uh, peripheral neuropathy from diabetes and other concerns of people that have had really bad shoulder surgeries, for instance, and for a few months, they can't feed themselves. So many different use cases. And so it's uh, wonderful as an entrepreneur and, and as an engineer to be able to see something you make immediately and directly impact somebody's life. And, uh, you know, for instance, getting to see in our human trial, people that uh, our participants are eating with a regular spoon first to do a baseline to see how bad their tremor usually is and they're spilling food. And then to see them use our device and be able to eat those Cheerios without spilling. And uh, for them wanting us to take these videos and send them to their families, to their children, because they're so proud of themselves and, and they want to nice. show that. Nice. That means everything. That means more than any of the, of the news attention or the uh, pitch competition wins. Getting to see that impact is really what um, is driving us down this path and uh, making us get up every morning and stay up late every night trying to make this a reality and, and to get this device to market and to bring hope to market. This is Danny Relly, and I appreciate you telling us this very impactful story. And I'm glad you're on the final phase of the testing and hope that this will be made available up to the 17 million Americans that are suffering with this. And if the audience hasn't heard, this individual said, look, I had a use case. I want to take care of a loved one. And that's what I cared about first. And sometimes the best business ideas that solves many problems around the world is the one that's right in front of you. And you can hear the passion and the love that he has for his grandmother. And that was the reason why he went after this case. And not only that, spending time with his brothers, he was able to put two and two together in order to come up with a real world solving experience. And I want to encourage our audience today, look, don't take time with your family for granted. You can always learn something. And the great thing about being young is that you can sit at the feet of someone who's older and you can soak up all that wisdom and knowledge and then one day put it all together with your enthusiasm and with your energy in the right heart and you can make a difference in this world. You know, that's truly powerful, Riley. First of all, your commitment to fighting human trafficking, using T as this vehicle for change. I mean, that's commendable. And then the fact that there's no excuse, there's a QR code. And then also with Steady Spoon, one of the things I want to tell the audience is that you, t you said something that was really clear and really key to me is that as you get older, you still want independence. You still want to look good in front of your friends and family. And your website says you can regain your ability to feed yourself, comfortably share a meal with friends and family, and recapture your dignity with all your devices. 
that's also dishwasher safe, doctor approved, and contributes to the cure for Parkinson's. I mean, if 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 you don't read that and just say, "Wow, when can I get my hands on this?" and I'm I'm so glad you guys have a waiting list and people can fill out the information on your website. But that's amazing. You have all this life experience, but yet you didn't stop there. Not even with working and collaborating with Shaq, not even having the sister tea company, not even uh, uh, helping the human trafficking, not even with the spoon. You didn't stop there. You decided that you're going to go and pursue your education at SMU. You're going to be like, look, I have some great ideas. I'm just going to go ahead and pursue it, go get some round of funding, get some VC money, and I'm just going to go make millions off it. You said, no, I, I still want to pursue my education, and you went to SMU. I think that's fantastic. Tell us, what are some of the key lessons you learn while you're attending college? And how do you feel that these lessons has helped empower you in your life? Because I think this is really great. And then when you're done with that, I think you're going to be going somewhere interesting to pursue your master's degree. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, well thank you. I really appreciate that. And, and, and that was a, a big part for me too, that idea of going from one person. And I think if you start with that one person, then you have a very clear idea of who your target customer is. And that's a good for your business and for yourself. And um, I'm glad you like the website. And that was another big thing too, is I wanted to be able to help these amazing Parkinson's charities that are really doing the Lord's work when it comes to providing support groups, not just for the Parkinson's uh, patients, but their caretakers. Because you know, that is a 24 seven job when you're taking care of somebody like that. And so being able to support them was a really big thing. And I know I can't cure Parkinson's. My, my thing is just a spoon. But being able to help with that mission is a really big thing for me. So, so I appreciate that. And, and yes, I have had many people say, why are you still in college? Why didn't you just, you know, do the whole, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever it is, and drop out. And education is a really big thing for my family. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd. I have two majors, five minors. I like learning. And for me, college was an amazing experience because it really was, uh, for me, at SMU. And, I give SMU a lot of credit. They designed a fantastic curricula. It was a choose your own adventure game for me. I was able to do business and creative writing. I was able to study Italian and history and public policy, and national affairs and biomedical engineering. I was able to really pursue all my passions and be able to have a path that was perfect for me. And that is one thing that I am wary of when it comes to college, especially for Gen Z, when the ROI is not making as much sense, costs are exploding, uh, the job market isn't necessarily showing that a college degree is necessary for all the different jobs. And I mean, nowadays, there are lots of people who have college degrees who can't get jobs in this job market. And so I think one of the paradoxes of college that I learned is you have this expectation of, well, college is a place, at least in the American system, where you go to kind of figure out who you are, and what you want to do in life. But the paradox is they expect you to know both of those things before you get there. You got to know what your major is freshman year. You got to know who you are so you get in the right clubs and everything. And that to me just seemed entirely nonsensical. And so what I really approached SMU as was, this is going to be my personal sandbox, my personal playground to try and taste as many different things as possible. And for me, being able to learn how to pursue my passions, how to launch all these different projects was invaluable. 
And uh, for me, there are a few lessons that I learned and I'll give some anecdotes that illustrate them that I've been able to apply to my life and that many people have told me, you seem far beyond your years and it's just because of these different things. And so the first one is just, you have to ask. I was a, a, a tour guide at SMU and I would always tell people, you have to check your email. There are so many different opportunities that are being blasted through you know, college emails that will change your life if you just answer them of this rigid opportunity or this club or this specific event where you can go and meet these amazing speakers, meet these amazing business leaders, Fortune 500 CEOs in a 20 person setting and they'll answer your questions and you can have them on LinkedIn. What are you doing? What are you doing? And even I said, send those emails. Don't be afraid. The amount of times I have sent an email to a professor, to a faculty member, to an SMU alumni, why not? Why wouldn't I? And they're never, no one's going to help you do it. You have to do it yourself. You have to take that first step. And I, you know, it's not as if every single person replies or every single thing works out, but a lot of them do. And now my, my friends and family kind of give me grief that maybe I, I asked for too many things that I, I'm, I'm now desensitized to the awkwardness of asking somebody for something. So I'm always happy to do it. That's part of the entrepreneurial journey, right? And then the other thing that I really realized is it's not always how, but who. It's not always how, but who. And as a college student, of course, I, I always have this, this asterisk, right? People want to help you, but they also think you don't know anything. And to a large degree, that's, that's true. I'm not that old. I, I don't know as much as somebody who's been in 40 years of, of corporate experience, but I know different things. I don't have the same assumptions. I'm able to be innovative and, uh, and, and challenge the status quo. I'm able to bring ideas from different fields and connect those in an inter in a, uh, interdisciplinary manner. And so for me, when I began trying to figure these different business things out, whether it was um, you know, an, an RTD bottling process for Sister Shack or the insane regulatory pathways for a medical device. That's not something they teach in class, at least at the undergraduate level. And that's something that you can really understand fully just by yourself researching. But very quickly, I found out that it wasn't going to be about learning how, but learning who would be the best person to help me. And like you said, the best part about being young is being able to sit at the feet of those people. So seeing, well, who is this person who could be a mentor for me, who has gone through this RTD process a thousand times, and they can show me and guide me on this step? Who is somebody who has gone through the medical space many different times? And I think the benefit too, is when you go and talk to those people and they see your passion, especially as a young person, they want to help you, whether because they see some part of themselves in you or they want to be a part of giving back to the next generation, or they, at least in my cases, right, feel for the social cause that I'm trying to impact. That has made all the difference in my college career. And one of the things that I've always kind of told students that I've been trying to mentor now that I, you know, now graduated and I was a senior, I was an old guy on campus for once. It's the explore and exploit principle. It's knowing when do I explore? to get a reference base of what do I like, what am I good at, et cetera. And then when do I begin to exploit? When I figure out what are those things that are really important to me? And mathematically, this equation was kind of optimized and it was basically 36%. You should explore for 36% and then focus on exploiting. So whether that's in college, you know, your first kind of year and a half, so to speak. And life, your first part of your life is supposed to be exploring, figuring out what you like, what are your different skills or expertise, what, what gets you up, what, what are you passionate about, and then you hone in on that. 
And so those are some of the biggest things that have really made an impact in my college experience and things that I've been able to, to take away. And, um, and my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, I didn't go to college. He said he went to the University of Hard Knocks and he was an amazing entrepreneur and an inventor and very, very funny guy. Amazing. I'd appreciate it, an amazing Toastmaster. Um, and he would always tell me that there's no right decision, just decisions that you make right. And I think college was an amazing place for me to learn that, that it didn't matter as much about what strategically I chose as much as what did I do to make that right. There are an amazing Raleigh, this is David, and oh, the joy of being young. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say what I really appreciated about what you stated, and there's been so many things you shared. College was like a sandbox. And for those in the tech field, like my brother and what he does most of the time with consulting, MSPs, ISVs, we talk about this idea of being able to have a sandbox environment that you can test you can play with, so to speak, the product that you want to implement into your own organization with no risk to you. You're trying to figure it out. You said college was like a sandbox. You're figuring things out. You're trying to figure out what you want, what you don't want. You, you talked about your, the device steady spoon, and you mentioned it's just a spoon. And the reality, Raleigh, is not just a spoon. It's just a spoon that will make a difference in so many different lives. And I appreciate just your willingness to take that perspective. And, and I love how you said it's not always how, but who. It is a team of we. And for so much of what our aspirations are, there are people that are behind us, there are people that support us, there are people that want us to do well, want us to succeed. And in reality, we have to turn that back and help others to get that same type of growth. So I want to just share that with our audience today, that you can have this. And if you've got a younger adult in your life, perhaps a student that you've mentored, maybe one of your own children, and you start to see this spark in their eyes, support that journey, support that growth, let them explore that because there are future innovators, there are leaders. Now, Rod, I want to hone in on something and how you and I've connected and how we met through SMU. You love storytelling. It's evident. And anybody that listens to podcasts is going to be able to tell. You can't just ask Raleigh without getting the great story behind it. And stories are compelling. Stories connect. Stories resonate with people. Well, you took that storytelling and that skill set to pitch competitions. And you've won several of them. And you've begun to pitch to VCs. And you're looking at investors who say, look, I love your story. They buy you before they buy the product. So tell us the experience you've gained and what you've learned about yourself from just getting up there on stage and sharing why your story needs to resonate in the form of Steady Spoon and others. Tell us about your growth from telling a story. Definitely. And, you know, I had a really fantastic childhood that was centered on stories, right? Growing up on film sets, seeing how somebody takes a story and brings it to life. My father's a lawyer, my brother, my middle brother, was a singer and actor. My mother well, ran financials and marketing and did for television stations. So everything was about stories at the family table. We were always communicating in terms of stories. And then I, I happened to you know, be the youngest brother. So I had to go to the film sets. I was a child actor, I have an IMDb page. I acted at some of Richmond's, my middle brother's uh, uh, scene, uh, theater plays and everything because it's easier for my mom to drop off two kids, right? At the same place. And uh, that really helped me begin to cultivate these storytelling skills and abilities. And also feeling comfortable. We talk a lot about, you know, presence with y'all. 
the presence of getting up there and feeling comfortable to tell your story, to authentically bring a version of yourself to whatever the situation is, was really impactful. And so for me, when I began doing these different pitches, it, it really felt natural. And whereas a lot of people um, had some kind of stage fright or some kind of awkwardness when it came to public speaking, which is very normal, I, I didn't really have that. And to a large degree, when I was pitching to begin with, I was pitching my stories. So to me, it felt very natural to get up there and talk about my story, my grandmother, you know, my sister Shaq, my passion for human trafficking, my passion uh, for helping people. And that is what is communicated. And while there are tons of different techniques and exercises you can do to improve yourself as a storyteller and a public speaker, passion is really not something you can fake, at least for me. Um, maybe if there's some people who are really good actors, they, can, they can't fake that passion, uh, but not for me. And so when I began to really do these pitches in front of complete strangers on a very nice, you know, big pitch stage for all the pressure and excitement, you get a little bit nervous. And for me, being able to tell that story would always center me. And I would always see these hardened judges with these kind of almost, you know, Simon Cowell scowls on their faces just immediately begin to, they get it. They hear the grandma story. They hear the passion, they relate to it, they're now empathetic. They're not necessarily on my side, but now they're open to me. And I think that really is the power of stories. And we as humans communicate as stories. And you know, now I've, I've given the steady spoon pitch probably too many times to count. Um, but there's something that I love about being able to do it each time. And that's what I've often heard when people on the judges say it's, man, your story's fantastic. Or when they're giving us ratings, it's the story, the story is there. And like you said, investors especially, they invest in you before they invest in the idea. And I've always said, I don't really consider myself an entrepreneur as much as I consider myself a storyteller. And for me, I am not selling you a product. I'm not selling you tea. I'm telling you the story of Sister Shaft, the most interesting nun in the world, and how you can be a part of something bigger with just a sacrilegious sip of tea. With Steady Spoon, I'm not selling a medical device. I am telling you the story of my grandmother and of a grandson's love for his grandmother and about a family meal and about how these things that we take for granted, these small things can become big things when they're taken away from you. And those are the things that really sell and resonate. And I think it's important to, whatever you're doing, try to find that story. And if you are, are lucky enough to have a personal story that kind of originated it, then you're checking the boxes. It's going to work. People are going to want to help you because you're authentically telling that story. And when you talk about what have I learned about myself, I think a big part in kind of telling these stories is you begin to see how you are formed. You begin to see, how did this come about? And not just in the, an interview question format, but in a really serious, how did I get here? Why am I still doing this? And being able to have that story is essential, especially when you are tackling these challenging topics, because there are going to be days where you think, gosh, I really don't want to do this, or this is really too hard. Surely there's an easier thing I could be doing, or maybe I can't do this. When you have that story of why you're doing this, of how you got here, 
of how this is part of you. That's the secret sauce that allows you to keep on going. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. They all have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny, and what I want to tell our audience today is that don't think that you are not amazing. Every single person that listens to our podcast you're amazing. And you have a story to tell. Look at what Valley just said. Think about how he said it. It is amazing. He took his background. He took his personal experience. He combined it together. And he was able to relate it without selling. By just talking about his experience, talking about his grandmother, talking about his passion. And that is what inspired people. That is why people said, your stories are amazing. They didn't feel sold to. They felt that they were part of that journey. They felt they were part of that empathy, and they wanted more of it. And I'm sure when they said, tell me more, they leaned in and said, wow, tell me more. And I can see that this is going to be the impact he's going to have throughout his life, is that when he speaks, people are going to lean in and say, tell me more. And as he said earlier, he's the sen- he was a senior in the room talking to freshmen. He's like, he's the old person in the room now. And he's still so young compared to most of us, but it's so amazing to be able to hear 
his experience and how he was able to change that. Your commitment to using your connection to create impact, Riley, that's amazing. That is inspiring. And what I want to tell our audience today is, look, listen, I don't care if you're 85 years old. I don't care if you're 15 years old. You can make a difference in life. It's never too late to start making an impact. And if you don't have a huge population, you don't have a huge lab in order to make it happen, start with one person. Who's the person you love? Who's the person you care about? Make it happen. I just love the experience you're putting together. Now, I want you to talk a little bit about, real quick, about how young people and the younger generation can take an amazing idea and then how they can make a connection, both in business and in life. And you, you did that already. And I want our audience to hear that. Uh, Riley, please help our audience know that just because you're young, you can make an impact in this life. And it's not going to be that difficult if you surround yourself with the right people, the right resources. But Riley, really tell us a little bit more how can younger people gain that confidence to take an idea they have and make an impact? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think one of the important things first is you really need to start engaging in kind of this first order thinking of looking at what are the problems I've seen in my life? What are these things? You know, for me, it was, well, I want to buy, you know, shoes, uh, but I don't want to buy them at the retail price. I can't afford that. So where can I find these deals? Being able to see what those pain points are for you is going to be critical and having the first order of thinking to be able to begin to examine them and figure out, okay, well, how could I make an impact here? And then what I would say is curiosity is everything. And you will never be able to force yourself to learn about something you are not curious about as much as you could if you were as passionate about that. And what I would really offer as advice too is what is that passion? First, where is a problem or pain point associated with that passion that you have? And then find that person. Is that person you who's experiencing the problem? Is that person a loved one who's experiencing the problem? And then what I would say is then find what is the product or the solution? It might be a service, but just for the sake of the peas, what is that thing that I could begin helping? And for a lot of things, it, it will probably be like in business, a service first. You know, for me, it was how could I feed my grandma? Okay, that's a service I can do. But eventually you begin to figure out, well, how could I productize this? How could I make this scalable? And what I would say, most importantly, when it comes to being able to pursue your ideas and passions, especially as a young person, where you might feel as though, oh, should I be doing this? Am I too young? People are going to believe me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to say, oh, <laughs> that's cute. Go away. And not everything is only worthwhile if it can be scaled up across the nation. It's okay if this makes an impact in your local community. In fact, I would really prefer you focus on that because if we all did that, then these national problems become a lot smaller. Chesterton, uh, the famous UK writer, had a, an amazing quip keep the politicians close enough to kick, right? The minute they get too far away, they stop caring. They don't know how to make impact. And for me, it's if we all could just focus on the scope of our community and realize that 
You don't have to be the Elon Musks of the world to be success. The people that are making an impact and are having a scale of scope in their community, that's incredible. And you can't skip it. To get to that scale point, you have to focus on that scope. So release yourself from those expectations that this has to be a million dollars in the first year. I have to immediately launch this to a thousand people. It's It can be small. And in all honesty, that is what is required for you to get to those steps if that eventually becomes the path. But figure out what is that passion for you. Figure out what is that problem or pain point in that passion. Figure out that person and then figure out that solution or product. And then from there, you can figure out what is that scope of impact you're going to make. And then from there, just keep on taking those small steps. And I'll tell you, you won't be able to see the entire path in front of you. If you can, it's not your path. It's somebody else's path for you. But it's okay that you can't see it. All you have to see is that next step. And can you take it? And the path is not going to be perfect, but it will be perfect for you. And you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. So you have to take each of those steps forward, whether it's you know, belief in God, the universe, yourself, whatever it is, that it's all going to make sense, that it's all going to connect. And this first thing might not work out. But when I look back and I'm going to see, oh, wow, that was the start. And that got me to this and then to this. And now here I am. And those are the biggest things I would say are going to be the best advice I can give you as a young person or as anybody when it comes to how to turn your passions into a purpose, how to go from idea to impact. This is David Raleigh, and I will say that was well stated. Uh, Incredible perspective. And it reminds me of how success is not just measured by your personal accomplishments, but it's measured more by the impact you can make locally, your family, the influence you're going to have on others around you. I love that you said that. I love how we could talk about passion, turning that passion to fuel a drive to make a difference. And if you're listening to the program today, I want you to understand that Dan and I believe that we have right here, we're going to do some incredible things for our communities, for our society. We've got to support the Gen Zers. We've got to support the next leaders the innovators, the entrepreneurs. Dan, are honored to be supporters of these leaders on various universities, including SMU. And so, Raleigh, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for sharing your story. If you want to learn more about him and his work and get involved, go to thenbgroup.com. That's T-H-E-N-B group.com. You're going to learn more about Sister Shack Sweet Teas. You're going to learn more about Steady Spoon. You're going to learn more about the things that he's doing. And so I want our audience to keep themselves focused on leaders like this. Also, if you have a loved one or you know of someone that has challenges, they're having hand tremors, what you could do is you could apply to be a beta, t- a beta tester for Steady Spoon. If you want to be a beta tester for Steady Spoon, Go to steadyspoon.com forward slash beta dash testers, and you're going to be able to get information on how you could get involved in this vision to help support the lives of so many people that have been impacted by this. Raleigh Alexander Dewan, thank you for joining us on Twins Talking Up. Look forward to hearing more about your growth journey, being a part of your success, and looking forward to hearing more of what you're going to be doing in the years to come. Thank you for joining us, Raleigh. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. 
please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.